0: Hello, hello, hello. Uh, good Monday, ladies and gentlemen. How is everyone doing today out there in the interwebs? I hope all are fine. I'm pretty sure you guys are uh, having a very decent Monday myself now. Oh, we had quite a fun weekend, I would say, this past weekend. If anyone was hanging out with us over at uh, the Foxhole app or otherwise, I mean, why even bother Why even bother um, announcing the otherwise, right? <laughs> Yeah. We we have fun uh we have fun fighting with the otherwise I guess but uh otherwise <laughs> we're having a good time. Welcome guys to another edition of the C Report. It is I your host Mr. C on this Monday, July 19th, 2021. We are live on the Foxhole app and otherwise. (laughs) Anyways, uh, I was just sitting here doing my thing and then I saw Texas Gal had popped into the chat and I was like, oh man, it is 7.31. Let me get my buns going. Okay, guys. So good to see you, Texas Gal. We'll catch you on the replay for show. That is what they're there for in case you guys can't hang out with us live. uh, You can always check us out again. We most definitely appreciate it. Uh, If you appreciate it, we appreciate it. That's all I got to say about that. Um, So let me see. Today was a very, very uh, lukewarm day. No, it was um, one of those rare warm days, but there's still like a stiff breeze in the air. So, uh, you know, the weather was um, tolerable a little bit earlier on, but now it has gotten dark outside, and I'm not talking about because night is falling. It has gotten dark outside because it's about to storm, and uh, the weather is actually quite cooler, so that's much to my agreement, and uh, it'll make for a nice uh, rainy, Gloomy, gloomy Monday. It's okay. We can deal with the gloom. We got too much light in this room to do otherwise. So anyways, guys, I hope you all are having a big one. Uh, This weekend, uh, we had some pretty fun times. I would have to say so if I do say so myself. Uh, We had a new edition of the Lone Star News, uh, actually getting to feature some news because President Trump was um, on the air live uh, the last time we broadcast it on a Sunday. And then uh, I thought he was going to be live this past weekend up until like what, Thursday or Friday. And that's when I realized, oh, I'm a week ahead. Sometimes a week, I'm a week ahead, sometimes a day behind. But uh, we figure things out eventually, I guess you could say. So President Trump should be on the news, uh, not on the news, he should be doing a rally, uh, I believe it is next, this upcoming Saturday, so that'll be uh, something to look forward to. We'll most definitely be airing it live, should we find that live stream here at the Mr. C channel on the Foxhole app. Uh, Of course we got uh, the C report over at Twitch and Mr. CTV. if you're watching on Trovo, but we rarely get anyone over at Trovo. all just fine and dandy as it is anyhow so yes uh, but other than that we had Lone Star News this past Saturday I think it was a pretty successful episode um, and uh, we, we managed to keep it at an hour you know so this way people could go about their business and then also um, at the new date and day and time and that is Saturday because we started on Sundays but uh, it is always important to be ever adaptable in this life Uh, the adaptable, the the most adaptable survive, right? Or is it the strongest survive or the most adaptable survive? I don't know why. some reason, I think it's the most adaptable who survive. Anyways, so yes, that was pretty cool. And then, of course, we also had Mr. C in the dark, If you guys got to hang out with us, I think you guys probably had a pretty good time. We had a good time. I had a good time. You know, any day that I can wake up and remember what happened the day before, it's a good time. (laughs) So anyways, yeah, um, you know, it was, uh, we had, uh, let's see, Nick Walls and Texan were on the panel on uh, Friday. And we uh, we actually had a pop-in visit from... um, uh, uh, above average Joe Patriot of Brothers Uncensored as well as the man himself, W.C. Uh they graced our, uh, graced our uh, green screen and our screens across the interwebs. It was a fun time. We had some pretty interesting discussions, you know, kind of kind of bringing it back about uh, that conversation about uh, everything that went down in Las Vegas. That was a very, uh, very fun time. And then, of course, Saturday night, uh, the Speak Uneasy and I were going at it, and the Texan joined us, and uh, we were talking about Operation Mockingbird. All that was incidental, you know, like uh, those things are either things that popped into the news or just popped into, you know, our... uh, Popped into, I guess, our brains for conversation, right? Uh, Even though we do have some headlines. So, yeah, the headlines are fun. The headlines are fun. Good evening, Empress Beach, to you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Glad you dropped in. And also... Oh, I was like, I don't know. And Skeeter Burke, what's going on, Skeeter Burke, Good to have you in the audience as well tonight. Uh, got a pretty good show for you today. We'll be talking a little bit about uh, some audit stuff. Not a whole lot. We won't. We won't spend too too much time on that. We won't spend too much time in Arizona today. However, we will be spending some time over in our other, our second favorite Southern state, right, Georgia, Uh, because there is some stuff going on in Georgia that uh, happened as of today. So we'll be taking care of that and looking into it. Should be a fun time, should be a fun time. And then, of course, uh, in case you had noticed, we'll be doing a little bit of info drops on the likes of One, Hoods Pelosi. Now, in case you don't know who Hoods Pelosi is, uh, that would most definitely be Nancy. Oh, Nancy. Uh, So we'll be talking a little bit about Nancy and uh, her unethical wealth gains that she seems to have as a Senate there over in Washington, D.C. Hey, Skeeterberg! it's the one and only crossing over to the Twitchers. Well, hey, 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 you know what they say, watch on Twitch, chat at foxhole. (laughs) Awesome, cool, good to see you. Uh, Skeeterberg. keep the light on for me over there at Twitch, why don't you? Because it gets a little trolley over there sometimes, so I know you're well-equipped with your armor. You might have noticed there's already one in the room. Anyhow, so, all right, cool, awesome, and for speech to you, thank you for the 203 gold pills. And don't you be sorry, my friend. Don't you be sorry. Uh, Every bit of uh, donation is always appreciated. Yeah, we don't judge people by the size of here at the C-Report, if you know what I mean. (laughs) So anyways, yes, so we'll be, uh, oh yeah, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Yeah, some more stuff going on in Georgia today. Uh, Some stuff that's also not specifically related to a forensic audit, but is still yet related to auditing the ballots in uh, Georgia and uh, someone suing to recall uh, or to uh, decertify the senators over that being, uh, was it Warnock and, uh, let me think, who else? Warnock and Ossoff right? Those two jacks. All right. So those guys, of course, we also got a puff piece. For General Milly, yeah, we like we like making fun of General Milly here at the C Report. So I decided to go ahead and bring that story along with you guys. And let me think, what else do we got today? What else do we got today? Oh, something, something else, something having to do with the uh, with the uh, governor recall election happening in the state of California. Hey, Sherry Pittsburgh, welcome to the room. How you doing today? Hope all is well with you, Madame. Um, so yeah, so it seems like we'll have a pretty good and decent show for you guys today. Uh, a little a little bit of a surprise uh, message coming from Karen Fan that maybe uh, some uh, patriots and uh, those who are watching this election audit might not have expected to hear her say, but we'll dig into that just a little bit, uh, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, without much further ado, though, let's do a quick chat recap. Um, you know, I just, rereading the chat recaps, I just, it, I like, I just enjoy it very much so. I enjoy very much so the, uh, I guess, the, uh, the overwhelming feeling of, like, uh, familiarity, homeliness, friendship uh, that takes place in the chats. So uh, that always that makes me feel good. It makes me feel good to see all of you guys hanging out and having a good time with each other. Um, we had Joy for Trump in the house, Texas gal. Babs the Ice Queen, Just V, uh, the Joyful Lily, Just V with the can. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see what else we have. The Speak Uneasy, also hanging out. Um, the Derailing, hanging out. Pilled by the Rabbit. All the uh, all the usual suspects in the house. Sonia JHC hanging out as well. Let's see. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see Texas gal Sherry Pittsburgh as well. I see you there in both screens, my friend. Um, going down the line, Aurelius Locke hanging out. Joy for Trump with a cookie. Thank you so much. Um, just be said, I am a commentator. You know, I have a hard time figuring out what the heck to call myself. <laughs> so I was like, I am a current events headlines news analyst. Nope, commentator sounds a lot better. <laughs> I uh, I definitely appreciate the uh uh. uh now I'm losing my words here, you know, the words for con- the concise, the concise description, descriptor, commentator. Sounds good to me. Uh, let's see here. Freedom, Freedom Writer was a first time listener over at uh, the Foxhole Lab. So welcome, welcome, Freedom Writer. I noticed that everyone made you feel welcome, and I'm so glad that you hung out with us uh, last Friday. Now, in case you're in uh, the audience again, Freedom Writer. We do a chat recap here at the beginning of every show. It's kind of a way to break the ice, you know, get the water flowing, get the juices flowing, uh, get everyone set up right for the rest of the report, and people are indeed pouring in. The Texans hanging out as well. What's going on, my friend? All right, so let's see here. What else do we got? 123 SKG Service Dog Mom also hanging in the house. Uh, Let's see, 123SKG, Tom McDonald's new song, Withdrawal, is intense. I have not heard that yet. I have not heard, I I can't remember, I've only heard a few of his songs, to be honest with you. Uh, Of course, there's a lot of controversy around Tom McDonald, so we'll go ahead and leave him alone for now. (laughs) Aurelius Locke seems that he might be a fan, though. Uh, Be Curious was also in the house. Um, a service dog mom says, don't play much music because I listen to my foxhole creators whenever I can. Hey, there's no better excuse to not listen to music, right? Uh, I used to be a music junkie, to be quite honest with you. It seems these days that there's no music on my radio. Murr Um, Let's see here. Uh, My my time is just taken up by so many other things, you know what I mean? Uh, Let's see here. Oh, it's like, how can you not find time to listen to music? I know. Actually, I did find some time to listen to music today. Uh, I was sitting at home, well, here, obviously, in my place of existence, uh, getting my report ready for tonight, and I was jamming out to... uh, the cool, soothing tones of the Speak Uneasy's uh, R&B Jam Session. Uh, I don't know if you guys got to hang out there earlier today, but uh, yeah, he was on for a special live about uh, two this afternoon when it was hot, sunny, humid, and breezy, interesting enough, here in my neck of the woods uh up where he is i guess i guess he's uh he's a little bit north of where i am they were getting rain and stuff like that and i was like send it down send down the heat no just kidding i was like send down the rain and finally it arrived about an hour ago it's just uh getting ready to storm out there now uh pilled by the rabbit says i am so old that rap music doesn't make sense uh make much sense to me but severe and on his uh Severe Anon has really changed my thinking on it and now I'm enjoying it. I found that to be the case with myself uh, as well, Killed by the Rabbit. Um, I, Growing up, I was most definitely not a fan of rap, hip hop, R&B, nothing like that. Um, but in my older years, I've become more adaptable towards other types of music. <laughs> There's that theme of adaptability again. Anyhow, so yeah, there's uh, there's some stuff I like out there now. Uh, Sevier's pretty good as well. I, pretty, I enjoy his work too. Um, let's see here. Be curious, we said hello. Aurelius, we said hello. Sherry Pittsburgh, we said hello. Liz Garcia was in the house last Friday. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get to... I hope I said hello to you, Liz Garcia. Now, after the fog of the weekend, I cannot remember if I said hello, but I hope I did. It's always good to have you joining us whenever you're available, Miss Liz Garcia. All right. Let's see. Moving right along. <laughs> I don't remember what I was getting embarrassed about. <laughs> Emperors Beast, you. we see you there in last week's chat. <laughs> uh, let's see here. What else do we got? Uh, says McCarthy is unethical. I've been warning all about him forever. Yeah. We're talking about that rascally rascal, Kevin McCarthy and his, uh, his unethical bed buddy. I mean, we don't care what you do behind closed door, Kevin, but make sure it's not shaping, you know, your policy with (laughs) conservatives in America, my friend. Geez, Louise, it's kind of like uh, what we'll be talking about with Nancy Pelosi today and her, her, uh, her stocks and her, her, st- the, the things that she does. To it's, it's rather unethical. I mean, I'm sure all that we need is a conversation with her and you know one of these CEOs. I'm sure that's all we need to put her behind bars. Uh, she's made a lot of money, but we'll take a look at that a little bit later on. Texas gal. I was raising kids at the time and have no idea who the tick is. Oh, someone owes oh, a freedom writer said, Oh my gosh, my man loves the tick. Well, he's, he, I don't, you know, some people would consider that. Cause you know, I mean, you know, people talk about comic books and stuff and they're like dork, 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 nerd nerd, 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 nerd. I mean, I don't read them anymore, but I will never deny my fondness for the tick. Um, he's by no means a guilty pleasure. (laughs) I stand by my response, I stand by my decisions, I, I take responsibility for my actions and for my likings, so ha, too bad. Uh, let's see here, uh, what does Liz Garcia say? Uh, Empress Liz, Angel Wings was hanging out in the house, awesome, uh, let's see here. Liz Garcia said, Anderson Baby Eater, I honestly used to like him once I got awakened, Um, I knew what he was about. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Back in the day, I was like, ah, he looks like he'd be a freak. And that was before I was even awake. Like, I just knew it by looking at him. Texas gal said, what animal would Cooper Anderson be, Mr. C? Hmm. Okay. So I actually had to think about that for a second. And I would say based on his lips. um, And he looks like he has a pointy tongue. Like, I bet if he stuck his tongue out, it'd be pointy. Not, Not like thin, like a snake, but pointy, you know, like, like pointy (laughs) i would think he maybe he was like a lizard some kind of lizard i could see him being some kind of like square-headed lizard if you could picture that. I don't know. You tell me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Their, their true colors do show once they are cornered. Indeed. Liz Garcia, give them some shades to keep us all cool. Um, let's see. Uh, Jess V says, when Fox announced Arizona five minutes after polls closed, I watched each of the states stop counting. One after another, I went to bed nauseated. Yep, indeed. Yep, indeed. I I was like, I was like, it's done. It's over. I was like, Fox has betrayed us. Um, We should have known better. Of course, we should have known better, right? But I think all of us like, you know, we tend to, well, if you're like me, and you're an eternal optimist, you tend to give people the benefit of the doubt until they prove themselves to be otherwise. And then it's like, well, my friend, you're the one who didn't keep yourself where you said you were. And uh, we got to drop you like a rock. Not like Iraq, the country, but like Iraq. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Uh, but Sonia JHC says, we need to remember it had to be this way. And that has actually been the angle that I've been taking this at from day one. From day one, with this whole, instead of getting all gloomy and black pilled and giving up hope and losing faith. Uh, that's not my game here, guys. That's not what I'm about. I'm about making sure that we press on and that we maintain that, uh, that visibility of, of, of winning, basically of, of coming out on top. And that, uh, because if we give up on that stuff, we're going to give up on our own humanity. We're going to give up on ourselves. We're going to give up on our neighbors. We're going to give up on our country. Um, we're going to give up on everything that we believe in and our foundations, and we don't want that. So my angle, just like uh, Sonia JHC said, it had to be this way. Now, if it had to be this way, oh my goodness. Well, I mean, why does it have to be this way? Well, I mean, you guys understand it. You guys understand it. I know you do. Um, in regards to, to to things going the way they went, we had more swamp. We had to clear out. We had to get uh, the deep rig lights, so to speak, shining bright so this way we could go ahead and uh, see what was going on underneath them swamp waters. Uh, I think I've uh, I've made the uh, I've made the analogy before of you know that um you know that that uh, glow in the dark liquid that they pump into people's veins to see where clots are and stuff like that like that's what was going on here so we could see where the clots were in uh, the body America as far as you know the military goes as far as uh, even more of these rhinos because the rhinos those are the ones that have been uh, far worse than the Democrats because at least you can see a Democrat coming at you right whereas the rhinos uh, they're sneaking up behind you with uh, you know with a uh, uh, piano wire and you don't quite see them coming you know so um, we needed that to happen. Uh, we needed the people of America to wake up we need to see we needed to see not only the people of America awake, we need to see them acting on what they were seeing, and not just being complacent and sitting there and saying, "Okay, well, someone's going to take care of it," or, you know, we'll fill out this petition. Uh, but you know, everything that we've seen from uh, the audits happening in what five or six states now, uh, all the way to like the recalls that we see going on in California, um, uh, to the way everyone is fighting to uh, get this border crisis solved, um, most definitely, the people of America have been activated. Which is something that we really needed to see. Uh, we couldn't just do it sitting on our laurels, um, and and it t- it would take more involvement. And I think that way, because you know how the old saying goes, uh, people will get the kind of government they deserve. And if we want to be a lazy populace, boy, we're gonna have some uh, we're gonna have some lazy bureaucrats and also very very evil, malignant politicians coming in, just as we've seen. Uh, And if not so, more pronounced in the last year to five years than ever before. Like, I mean, did you guys see there was um, I saw this video clip today. Uh, It was a Brian Stelter. Yeah, you know, Brian Stelter, the guy with the potato head that talks like this. Yeah, that guy from cnn uh there was this guy he was interviewing it was uh michael wolf i think was his name and that guy just totally called him out i was like whoa man like he did it in a very respectful way i mean as insulting and insinuating as his uh, claims were and you know what the guy was saying uh, it was all true you know it was all true and stelter like a cook like a true cook Not a cook, a (laughs) cuck. Like, he was just like, well, it's been great having you on. Uh, We'll we'll get you back on sometime. I was like, dang. And, like, uh, you know, uh, for people to be able to do that, and we know that people have been called out on CNN and and MSNDC, DNC, and all that stuff before, but that was pretty hard. Like, uh, and then for Stelter just to say, we'll have you back on, even though the guy just told Stelter to his face, you're the opposite of Trump. No one wants to go to you to find out what's real, Stelter." I was like, geez, and he did not know what to say. He just sat there with his big old, uh, you know, uh, white, uh, uh, was a great white, great white smile. And I mean like a great white shark, because he looks like a predator to me. Brain Stelter looks like a scary, scary clown predator. You know, like, I, I would not want to be alone in the dark with Stelter with a clown mask on. Like, heck no, no thank you, my friend Pogo. You go and pogo your way away from me, Stelter. But yeah, I thought that was pretty impressive. So stuff like that, you know, uh, even even when you have other reporters. I mean, look at look at Pro- Project Veritas and all the work that they're doing. The people who are standing up at the local level, like local reporters standing up. When have you ever heard of that? Like when have you ever heard of? Because you know, when you're a local reporter, your head's so big and you're the celebrity of your town, you can't be bothered as long as you get to keep writing. You know that uh, that way of of celebrity and importance you know but now we have even local newscasters so you know just stuff like that and of course all the organizations are, are coming up you know like voter voter GA voter, voter Georgia uh, unlock of Michigan all those types of things you know that these are grassroots individuals people are definitely activated america is activated you know fight to unite is what we're doing now and so to, to the point of Sonia J.H.C., look, at you gave me some good points, Miss J.H.C. Um, yes, it had to be that way. It had to be this way. We had to wake up and do something about it. We had to wake up and pay attention. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm not going to get sister act on you guys, I promise. Okay. Nick Walls was also in the house. Uh, let's see who else do we have here today. Uh, okay, sorry. I'm not trying to scat here, guys, but... <laughs> Uh, let's see. Sonia is in the house. 123SKG. Liz Garcia. Just V. Just V. Empress. Empress. Sonia. Nick Walls. Nick Walls had heard some eyebrow raising things about what was uh, found in Maricopa Audit. Indeed, sir. And it's not over yet. Mm, it is not over. Positive Vibe 72 was hanging out as well last week. Um, We had uh, a can, a gift, a can of gold pills gifted by 123 SKG. Many thanks and much appreciated. Um, And see, a lot of talk about the price of uh, food uh, going up. That's something to watch for. I mean, this whole inflation thing i mean one minute the fed says there's not going to be inflation the next minute the fed says that there is going to be inflation it's like well fed i thought you well well fed right what a pun uh, it's like well federal reserve like uh, i thought you were supposed to control inflation i mean isn't that one of your jobs like you know price index and inflation like aren't you supposed to be on top of that instead of just warning us about whether it's going to be green pastures or you know bloody skies uh they're not doing their job at all at the fed they need to go They need to go. We've been saying that here. We've been saying that here for a long time with Mr. C. Sonia JHC. I think the Texas Rangers need to investigate the Texas election officials, uh, the Dems who took a plane out of Texas, and any number of the corrupt Texas government. Indeed, they do. Uh, Texas Rangers, uh, get on it, my friends. Yeah, so uh, some stuff about uh, Texas elections is coming up in the news. We're not going to talk about it tonight. Maybe we'll save it for Saturday. I don't think it'll blow up by then, uh, but of course it is only Monday. So we'll see what happens in that regard. But you guys also heard about the stupid Dems who went over to uh, Washington, D.C., and then they end up getting coronavirus. It's like, geez, what side of the tracks did you wake up on Texas Dems in Washington, D.C.? So, uh, you know, I mean, that to me could have been expected, like... Go figure that the Dems are going to run away to try and avoid doing a bill, and then they're going to get COVID, and then they're going to get sequestered for two weeks, and then and then special session's over. Well, guess what, Dems? You're going to have to go back to another special session, anyways. You just trying to get out of jail time? No, they're not going to get arrested jail time, but they will get they will get uh, they will get um, arrested and sequestered to the state house. Maybe they should have a COVID-19 wing of the state house, or maybe we should just put them in bubbles, right? Like bubble boy, we should just put them in bubbles and then we can let them make decisions that way. I think that could work too. I mean, I mean, I'm sure all of our legislators in the state of Texas are vaccinated. They shouldn't really be afraid. They shouldn't be afraid. But uh, then again, uh, let us never say that we didn't know a politician that wasn't at least somewhat hypocritical or a dirty liar. Looking up, sne- sneaking in. <laughs> we saw you there, Miss Looking Up. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? Uh, Empress. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. Sonia. Uh-huh. Just be- Oh, Deborah Erdman hanging out. How's it going, Deborah? Gifting a cookie. Very, very nice. Thank you much. Thank you much. Keeping my cookie jar full. Uh, let's see here. What's my grandparents? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, very lively, lovely. Oh, we had... Uh, where'd, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. weaponized truth was also hanging out with us last week. Always good to have you along there. I said something apparently that was, oh, the tongue twister. I kept getting tongue twisted. I was going to say I kept getting tongue twisted. <laughs> I kept getting tongue twisted. He was like, say that five times fast, Mr. C. Oh, that's fun stuff. Okay, guys, let's see here. I think that brought, brings us to the end of our chat recap for last week and it was a good weekend though i could say that guys had a very good time had a very good time patriot of five was also hanging out also always good to have patriot five hanging out with us desert fire hanging out everyone in the house all right sounds good okay and i hear the thunder starting to rumble rumble okay ladies and gentlemen that wraps about our um uh, just to make sure i'm not ready before i sign off on this Before I sign off, before I certify last week's chat recap, right? (laughs) Oh, goodness. Philly Q. See, I knew I'd have missed someone if I hadn't hadn't looked down a little bit further. And Patriot Bird. Patriot Bird gifting a cookie. See that. Look at that. Could not. Could not absolutely miss our friends. Uh, Okay. All right. And I think that's going to about do it for last week's. I think I can sign off. I think I can certify last week's chat recap now. Oh, Mr. Bilbo! Bilbo Baggins was in the house! Well, my gosh, my golly, didn't realize we had a hobbit with us. Okay, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for last week's chat recap. Hey, we had a we had a celebrity in our midst last week. That is always fun stuff. Okay, what do we got going on today? Ladies and gentlemen, Texas gal, Empress, speech to you, Skeeter Burke. Uh, uh, Empress, thank you for the donation. The Texan, Sherry Pittsburgh, as well as Kansas Mudcat. Welcome, Kansas Mudcat, and thank you for the cookie. Uh, um spoon yes okay <laughs> i will spoon hey liz garcia thank you for the can and uh good to see you ma'am. glad you're hanging out with us foxy lady is also in the house looks like the chat starting to warm up nicely guys i hope you got guys- oh wait we have a lot of chat going on at Twitch. Skeeterberg. did you see what was going on over there? Skeeterberg? You saw what was going on. I told you about that. I told you about that. uh let's see here. What do we got? What do we got? Yeah uh-huh <laughs> Mauricio's a total zero. Oh my goodness. well, Mauricio, thank you for keeping my uh twitch chat uh full and and uh full of banter. I mean, I don't read it, but, like, thank you. And uh, thank you for keeping my viewership count up over there at Twitch. You're doing me a favor, my friend. You're doing me a favor. Now, go on with your bad troll self and keep on pretending to be a conservative. And uh, at some point, I'll pay attention to you. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to get into today's C-Report. I already gave you guys kind of a heads up on what was going on. Hold on. Wait. Let me see if, uh, let me see if. Okay, I was just trying to see if, uh, if Skeeter Burke had, had noticed any of those things. Hey, Christina Fontana, how's it going? Good to have you in the house with us. Oh, wow, they were buffering over at Twitch. You don't say, you don't say. Oh, well, all's well that ends well. You're just, is going to be lonely over there on Twitch, but it's okay. I'm sure I'll get another uh, digital soldier over there once her eyesight's better. <laughs> Who can battle out with these... Twitch Trolls. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and get going. Uh, uh, Liz Garcia, it's nothing but Twitch Trolls over at Twitch. Uh, Sometimes we have the light of Patriots over there. But uh, you know where I'd rather have you guys hanging out, where it's nice and comfortable and you don't have to worry about the smell. That would probably be the Foxhole app. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, guys, let's get into today's C-Reports before we get too long on, uh, uh, you know, trolls. (laughs) What am I doing? Okay, here we go. There we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. As always, President Trump leads at the C report. So we'll go ahead and get started on that. We have a few statements from President Trump, quite a few, actually. In fact, some of our secondary stories that we have coming up after this are from some of his in case you missed it moments, uh, but not too many. Um, let's see here. Uh, Donald Trump, President Trump says, as an answer to the many people asking, I am not on any social media platform in any way, shape or form, including Parler, Getter, Gab, etc. When I decide to choose a platform or build or complete my own, it will be announced. Thank you. Okay, guys. So there you go. Uh, you know, because uh, Rumble, after all, that is a video platform. It is not a social platform or social network. So, um, so yeah, I think those are pr- that's pretty good. I, I mean, you know, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. Do you guys think he's going to make his own after all? Or do you think uh, he's just going to keep on doing press? I'm fine with the press releases, you know. I think the only thing that's uh, tough about those is that uh, you can't actually... Um, Share them easy, but wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa! President Trump, are you not on Telegram? President Trump, you're on Telegram, aren't you, my friend? I mean, I mean, he could be having someone else write his statements for him. I don't think so, but you know, that's where I get all of my up to date President Trump statements on Telegram. Ah, President Trump. <laughs> you know, he can't tell you that he's on Telegram uh, because apparently Telegram was made by the Russians or something like that. And then they're going to be like, oh, well, President Trump gets on Telegram where the Russians hang out. And then that'll turn into its own thing. So I totally understand why he would not mention it. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, next statement from President Trump. Um the AP and other media outlets are doing major disinformation to try and discredit the massive number of voter irregularities and fraud found in both Arizona and Georgia. When the real numbers are released, people will be shocked. But this is a concerted effort of the fake news media to discredit and demean. There has, been, there has never been anything like it. Numbers will be released shortly, and they are extraordinarily big and highly determinative yes indeed and uh that's what it all boils down to i mean we haven't heard word one from any of the uh legacy outlets uh except for what tucker carlson who's just barely getting into the game uh and that was what this past what wednesday or thursday where tucker actually said something about the audits and he wasn't even talking about maricopa county he was talking about freaking georgia but you know what that's good that's good. He should talk about Georgia because after all, Georgia's so far up a creek, as we will discuss in a little while, Georgia's so far up a creek that quite obviously they should not even have to have any type of forensic audit over there. There's already pretty much evidence of fraud that's falling out of their ears. You know, you know, uh, that Ruby Freeman, she's got some pretty big earwax balls coming out of her ears. I'm going to tell you what, like, it ain't clean. It ain't pretty. It's definitely dirty. So uh, that's at least what I think about that. I think that they should just decertify, 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 decertify. Brad Raffensperger, you cannot save your Tookus. It is far too late, my friend, far too late. Next statement from President Trump. Fox News and other media outlets incorrectly side with the outdated and terrible Maricopa County Election Board to report no fraud found in the presidential election. They spew the gross misinformation purposefully put out by the uh, the county and the Associated Press and ignore the very important Arizona Senate's hearing yesterday, which showed 168,000 fraudulent ballots printed on illegal paper, unofficial ballots, 74,000 mail-in ballots received that were never mailed, Magically appearing ballots. 11,000 voters were added to the voter rolls after the election and still voted. All the access logs to the machines were wiped. And the election server was hacked during the election. They sided with the county and not the brave Arizona Senate who is fighting for the people of Arizona. The same anchor at the desk of the night Fox called Arizona for Joe Biden now wants you to believe there was no fraud. The anchor was Brett Bayer, or Bear. Brett Beyer. Thankfully, Arizona has strong state senators willing to fight for the truth. Senator Wendy Rogers says, I have heard enough. It's time to decertify this election. Senator Telly, Kelly Townsend said, the fraud was so bad, I want to see indictments. Senator Sonny Borelli says, I've seen enough evidence to challenge the validity of the certification of the Maricopa County elections results. Arizona shows fraud and voting irregularities many times more than would be needed to change the outcome of the election. And I'll say it again, guys. This is all the stuff that they found on a forensic audit. They found this in a forensic audit. And a lot of the stuff is looking very similar in Georgia without even them having to have done an audit. Many thanks to voter GA, right? So uh, Georgia, just decertify. Just decertify. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Next statement from President Trump. Crime in our country is escalating at a pace we've never seen before. At the same time, people are pouring through our borders totally unchecked. Jails in other countries are being emptied out into the United States. This is far worse than any thought, anyone thought during the fake election. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's terrible. It's terrible. I think I was seeing an article earlier also that was talking about how, uh, you know, uh, the people who are coming in across the border are getting treated a lot nicer uh, than those brave Americans, patriotic Americans, that were there during the January 6th false flag riots. It tells you how backward our country is right now. Very backwards indeed. Next statement from President Trump. Joe Biden kept talking about how good a job he's doing on the distribution of the vaccine that was developed by Operation Warp Speed or quite simply the Trump administration. He's not doing well at all. He's very behind schedule and people are refusing to take the vaccine because they don't trust this administration. They don't trust the election results, and they certainly don't trust the fake news, which is refusing to tell the truth. And they want to blame uh, Republicans. They want to blame conservatives. They want to blame people who have concerns over vaccines on the death of millions. Well, you know, why don't you go talk to uh, Gavin Newsom or Wretched Gretchen Whitmer? Was that uh, Gavin (laughs) Gruesome, Gruesome Newsom, right? Go talk to Nipple Rings Cuomo. You know, those guys are responsible for a lot of deaths during this whole COVID debacle. You know, I don't think it's fair to place that on the shoulders of conservatives or patriotic Americans by any means. Final statement from President Trump for tonight. Uh, Why won't the Rhino Maricopa County Board of Supervisors in Arizona give the routers? What are they trying to hide? They are fighting for life or death. What is going on? Give the routers. Doesn't this mean that the voting was, despite their statements to the contrary, connected to the Internet? The voter fraud in 2020 presidential election was monumental, and the facts are coming out daily. And indeed, ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing that can stop that. Nothing that can stop that by far. Parched. Okay. Okay. All right, so those are our statements from President Trump for today. Read them and weep, Uh listen to them, and keep. Right, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know why I'm rhyming so much today. But all right, let's go ahead and get into what we got to talk about today. (laughs) We're going to start with this supposed man here. Look at him. We caught General Milley making fish face. He's like, I'm posing for the camera. (laughs) Making them fish lips. Who do you think you are? A twenty-year-old gay SJW twink? I don't think so. A supermodel walking down? Oh, maybe one of those like uh, I don't know, hood girls, right No, Mister Millie. <laughs> we see who you are now, sir. We most definitely see who you are now. Okay. So why do we have this uh, this uh, this <laughs> this dork's face on the screen? By the way, the uh, the the, uh, the the troll over at Twitch had said. Uh, had called this man had called this man a great general. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty easy to see their colors after a while. So anyways, so uh, why are we talking about General Milley now? I thought we were done with him, right? I thought his panties were enough in a twist. Well, apparently not. So what we have here now is because we have all of this fallout coming on him. You know, we had all of these things that were being said about him. You know, all the statements President Trump was making and uh, refuting him left and right and left and right you know, calling him out for the coward that he is. And then this man, of course, is defending critical race theory, and he wants to know why he's so angry, because he's white. I don't know, Millie. That might not have anything to do with uh, your skin color. <laughs> why are you so mad, Millie? Why are you so mad? I don't know. Okay, so, uh, based just just this face alone, which is, it's it's perfect, guys. Like, can you tell how how can you tell how high up and tight that wedgie is that he has because apparently this was the state of provocation that this man was in with president trump all the time like apparently he was just getting wedgied so hard, hard high up there for president trump he was just always walking around with his panties in a wad like he just he was just like falling apart like he was he was always on on he was always up on the If you know what I mean, he was gonna have a mental breakdown. He didn't know what was going on He was just he was freaking out. he was like worse than a, a neurotic. I don't know What is something really bad? That's neurotic anyways, so So after all of this, of course, you have to realize in the world of celebrities and politicians and media, they have to have their publicist. They have their publicist. They have their PR firm. They have their their public relations individual. You know, the Olivia Popes of the world that go and clean up their mess for them and make them look good. You know, they're like, we'll get this piece done for you in the Washington Compost. We'll have the New York Times publish this piece about you to make you look good. Kind of like they did with... uh, a um, uh, uh, B-2 bomber, Beluga Whale, Billy, Billy Bar, like, you know, him, like, kind of like with him. Why do you think that that piece appeared? I think it was in the Washington Compost with him uh, in regards to what Trump was saying and what he said actually happened. It's damage control, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Mid- Mr. Milley, we'll call him, uh, we'll call him uh, Millennial Mark Milley. <laughs> So Mr. Millie, Mr. Millie had done himself in so hard with his, with his brash, Defense of um of you know a white uh, what is that white white anger or what is it called? <laughs> you see, I'm not racist, so I can't think of what these terms are called. C- critical race theory and his white aggression and his uh, his uh, a cultural appropriation. I don't know. Like, uh, so he done he done himself so hard. Like guys, like basically, he wedged himself so hard with that. Like clearly, his stock was plummeting. Clearly, like everyone was like, we see you now. Uh, millennial Mark Milley <laughs> we see you and so I mean because that's what he's like he's like a little teenager like crying over crap that doesn't even matter instead sort of like taking care of his country staying apolitical like he's crying over this crap and like if you're going to be crying over critical race theory and if you're going to be crying over white aggression and crap like that like we're talking this is like that Uh, the, what is that stuff it's, 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 it's the passive aggressive uh, a socio-political uh, debacle, right? It's so passive-aggressive, like white aggression. Like, you know, like if you're going to be, you know, you're, you're clearly beholden to politics. You're clearly going to just be talking, you're, you know, you're political. If you're talking about racism in this day and age and critical race theory and white aggression and, uh, and all that stuff, you are clearly already in some political sphere. They just got to figure out which sphere that is. Is it progressive? Is it Marxist? Is it communist? Is it Democrat? Clearly, it's not politically, it's not apolitical. Clearly, it's not it's, you're just red, white and blue American. Clearly, it's not conservative, right? I mean, you could make that argument. But uh, at least that's kind of the way I see it now. So, in order for him to recover from this, you know, uh, he had his publicist, you know, I bet bet he has a fabulous publicist up in New York City that's like, it's okay, Mr. Millie, we'll take care of this for you. So, they have uh, an article in the New Yorker. They publish an article in The New Yorker that talks about how Mr. Milley fought hard against the wedgie that President Trump gave him over wanting to stay in office and perform a coup. So now here's another narrative that we keep on hearing about. Here's another narrative that they keep on talking about, and that is that President Trump was hellbent on uh, having a coup against the Biden administration because, after all, he wasn't going to give up his seat in power. Now, if you ask me this article by The New Yorker, if anything goes to show us exactly how hard this man fought to keep Trump out of office. Like, he had already made up his mind even before, even before, even before elections had gone on, that he was going to make sure that there was a peaceful transition to power and that he was going to do everything he could to make sure that President Trump didn't start any shenanigans, whether that was was, uh, refusing to leave from office, and uh, thereby committing a coup or starting a war. Okay, so apparently Mark Milley had his panties in the knots pretty high up his keister because he thought that the the only president that has kept us out of war in their entire term was going to start a war on the eve of Inauguration Day. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, yes, that man... With the, the pursed fish lips, that's trying to look like a supermodel. That man right there, yes, he thought the the our first peace president in my lifetime, that's for damn sure, and and possibly y'all's as well, was going to commit war on the eve of inauguration because he wanted to stay in office. How unfeasible is that? What a puff. Peace, the New Yorker wrote on behalf of Mark Milley. Uh, The article says that the last time that General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, spoke with President Donald Trump was on January 3rd. The subject of the Sunday afternoon meeting at the White House was Iran's nuclear program. Okay. Now, this is what Milley had to say. He said, there were two nightmare scenarios for the period after the November 3rd election, which resulted in Trump's defeat, but not his concession. One was that Trump would try to use the military on the streets of America to prevent the legitimate, peaceful transfer of power. The other was an external crisis involving Iran. It was not public at the time, but Milley did believe that the nation had come very, very close. Judging by the looks of how deep that wedgie is, right? Apparently, the nation had come very close to nuclear war or a conflict with the Islamic Republic. Okay, so this was his belief. Uh, The dangerous post-election period, Millie said, was all because of Trump's Hitler-like embrace of the big lie that the election had been stolen from him. Okay, so this is a man who's not political. This is a man who's just about serving this country and, you know, not following But Yet he has, yet he can call Hitler Trump. Yet he can still talk about this big lie. Like he didn't see anything that was going on. I'm sure, Mr. Mark Millennial Millie, Millie, Mark Millie, Okay, I don't want to insult Millennial Millie by saying that. I can't help it that she has the same last name as this this goofball here. Anyways, uh, um. Uh Mark Milley feared it was Trump's Reichstag moment. So this was this was uh this was Trump's big false flag was gonna be uh causing a war in Iran, right? So this is so the, this article just goes on about how he sweated in his bed for days, how he gnawed his uh how he gnawed at his toenails, how he picked his wedgie to ensure that he did everything he could to make sure that President Trump did not go to war and that's all this is like I was like really like, this is quite the puff piece that we have here. And again, like, you know, to the credit of his publicist, they published it in the New Yorker. I'm sure they got paid 450 per word to do it. It said, the chairman, a burly four-star Army general, who had been appointed to the post by Trump in 2019, referred to these meetings with his staff as the land the plane calls, as in both engines are out, the landing gear is stuck, we're in an emergency situation, our job is to land this plane safely and do a peaceful transfer of power Um, on the 20th of January. Okay, so again, here were his four goals. General Mark Milley had four goals. His first goal was to make sure that the United States did not enter into unnecessary wars overseas. Uh, His second goal was to make sure that the United States troops were not used on the streets of America against the American people. And his third uh, goal was to maintain the military's integrity... Wow, that's kind of like, whoa, uh, 2020's hindsight, General Milley, you're talking about maintaining the military's integrity. And yet here at the same time, you're crying over white aggression and critical race theory. And his fourth goal was to maintain his own integrity. Like, yeah. Uh, did we say something about hypocrites a little bit earlier today? Because, geez, I'm <laughs> this Mr. Millie. I don't know about him, man. I mean, I don't know Mauricio Zero. You can go ahead and join him over there with his wedgie if you want. But, uh, uh, anyways, it says here, uh, it says here that uh, he met with the joint chiefs almost every morning, right? And he said he told them to make sure there were no unlawful orders from Trump and not to carry out any such orders without calling him first. Almost a conscious echo, the final days of Richard Nixon. So here we go again. Someone who's apolitical, right? Someone who's, uh, you know, supposed to be following the Constitution, instructing his own joint chiefs against the president, um, and just assuming that he was going to do a coup. He said Trump might attempt a coup. Trump might attempt a coup. Oh, but he thought and he knew that Trump would fail because he would never succeed in co-opting the American military. Now, here's the other thing about that. Trump said it himself, right? He said it himself in a statement last week that if he was going to do a coup and he never would have, he would never do it with the likes of Mark Milley. And you could kind of understand why now. With a face like that, ladies and gentlemen, you could kind of understand why now. <laughs> But yes, Millie had been in full alarm mode since the summer of 2020. That's including whenever he was there in uh, the infamous Lafayette Square photo op that uh, Millie took with Trump. Now, you know, even after President Trump had been uh, had been uh, his uh, his uh, his uh, accusations had been expunged, you know, in regard to the whole Lafayette Square and the whole Clearing out of the park, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you know how the papers came down on him and they're like, Trump's being a dictator and Trump this and Trump that. Um, And so even after being expunged, the New Yorker still said the New Yorker still said that uh, Trump violently removed protesters. And not only did they say protesters, because don't forget that the church was burning, right? It was still smoldering during this whole photo op between, you know, President Trump and Esper and all of them. Um, it even went, they still go as far as to say that they violently cleared out the peaceful black Lives matter protesters. I'm sure it was not them who set the church on fire, right? I'm sure it was not them who was burning down Washington D.C. that summer, right? So, anyways, New Yorker, yeah, good job. Like you know, you really know, you really know how to get your facts straight, New Yorker. Uh, the article also also lied about uh, about Mark Esper. If you guys remember, Mark Esper, he was uh, the defense secretary at the time. Um, he was uh, a White House advisor to Million and those, and and you know, they went on to say that uh, Mark Esper had been fired uh, because um, he was. I was to say, uh, uh, Esper announced that he opposed invoking the Insurrection Act. Now, so according to the New Yorker, Mark Esper was fired because he opposed invoking the Insurrection Act, which indeed uh, this uh, this little two can Sam here, Mark Milley, he also opposed it as well. Um, um, In retrospect, I'll say things had to go the way they did for a reason. It probably was better that way. But um, uh, Esper was not fired for those reasons specifically. It was because he was caught colluding with, like... Terrorists, like, okay, go to sunriseexposed.com, com. it's not my website, it's uh, Millie Weaver's website, where they talk about the coups that were gonna be taking place in Washington, D.C. around inauguration date. We're talking about a bureaucratic coup, we're talking about a kinetic coup, they were planning f- boots on the ground, and they were planning to have, uh, you know, uh, bureaucrats uh, uh, also assist with this coup. And one of the individuals who was talking with these people... Her name was Maria J. Stefan. Okay, Maria J. Stefan, who was uh, formerly worked at the Pentagon, went on a sabbatical to train all the bureaucrats on how to get this coup done. Okay, and then they had on the other side they had uh, they had some radical uh, radical. Um, radicals, like they're radical radicals, like they had radical anarchists and other people, including Black Lives Matter, including Antifa, and including uh, several other chapters of these individuals in the DC area that were planning ground action should President Trump uh, not be removed, removed again from office, because their thinking was that that was going to be a coup, just like Millie said, Millie said that Trump was going to commit a coup, well, that's what these people are saying, too. These people are saying Trump was going to commit a coup. So it kind of is interesting how his thoughts and Mark Esper's thoughts, who got fired by Trump, line up with these uh, these uh, these uh, activists activists uh, who are going to commit this coup as well. And that's the SunriseExposed.com. That's where all this information is, right? So anyways, <clears throat> uh, Mark Esper was caught colluding on film in a Zoom conference with... Maria J. Stefan, this radical activist person, who you know also spent time going around the world talking about how to have peaceful transitions of government, uh, 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 government uh, ruling uh, people, like you know, you know, uh, governments, governmental people, you know, you know, government. <laughs> Anyways, my my words are failing me, but that's exactly what I'm saying here. So that's why Esper was fired. Now they lie about it in here and say it was simply because. He opposed an insurrection act. But again, like I said, Mark Millie here with a face like that. How could you not get a million dollar publicist or PR firm or public relations artist to try and make him look good? They have to build him up again by putting out this article of lies, basically saying that uh, Trump was going to launch some sort of nuclear attack, that Trump was going to initiate a war just to stay in office. And that's why Mark Milley went around that entire period of November 3rd through January 20th with a face like this and his panties up his butt. Anyways, guys, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I just thought I would share that interesting article with you. Uh, just so, you know, the way these people work, you know, the way these people work, it's very quite interesting to me and I just found that to be it was just yeah um, okay New Yorker good job New Yorker you did great there you did great there making Mark Milley look good um, and uh, let's just face it uh, it's not everything is what it seems to be obviously but there you have it all right now ladies and gentlemen you have uh, <laughs> you have my um You have my uh, few words of warning here, ladies and gentlemen. We will have a villainous face on the screen. Bam! Who is that? I know you guys don't like to see her face all the time, but it happens. It happens. Let's see what we got going on here real quick. Okay, good. Excellente. Excellente. All right. Let me keep that guy rolling. And we'll keep this one going. Okay. Just making sure we're going, guys. Just making sure we're going. Okay, cool. All right, so (laughs) she looks particularly drunk in this one. Okay, so Hoods Pelosi, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk a little bit about Hoods Pelosi. Uh, In case you were wondering why I call her that, well, just look at those eye hoods that give her that second eyebrow. You see? Hoods Pelosi. Yeah, she's got some eye hoods. She got some pretty crazy skeletal eye hoods. So that's why we call her Hoods Pelosi. OK, now enough about that. So uh, we had a uh, oh, 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 yes. This was one of President Trump's in case you missed it moment. Uh, so in his statements today, he released an in case you missed it moment. And uh, he was talking about uh, Nancy and Paul Pelosi's exorbitant wealth. And how it is that they come by it. Uh, After all, it seems quite odd that we have, uh, you know, paupers and poor people going into Congress and coming out quite wealthy. In fact, uh, in the article I was looking up and reading this on, they're talking about how there are more millionaires in this current Congress and House legislature than there have been uh, in the past. Uh, So specifically speaking about Hood's Pelosi here. She is uh, actually the sixth richest member of Congress, and that's according to a recent financial disclosure filed in 2019. Uh, now, there's another website you can go to to find this stuff out at it's Open Secrets. I think it's uh, either .org or .com. I have it coming up. We're going to look at we're going to look at that in just a sec. But at Open Secrets, they kind of tell you about how some of the uh, the wealth ranges are of these uh these multimillionaires, actually. Uh, it said Pelosi has seen her wealth increase from $41 million in 2004 to $115 million in 2019, 2020. So she's quite, I mean, you guys all saw her, you guys all saw her fancy, uh, fancy frigidaire there and freezer. So you know she's raking in the, she's raking in the coal. Um, So anyhow, so the river, the river, the uh, article was going on talking about how she's constantly ascending, but also um, her husband as well. She and he both keep getting richer and richer Uh, and most of their um, wealth is due to their extremely lucrative, lucky guys, lucky decisions on when to buy and sell stock options. Stocks and options in uh, some of the very industries that she actually exercises some direct influence on. So you guys have probably heard about this before, right? She, uh, she tends to have most of um, uh, which she buys and sells and trades from in Silicon Valley tech industries. So that's actually very interesting because after all, you know, she's sitting on a bunch of committees and they're passing rules and laws over what's going on with Apple and Google and Facebook, Silicon Valley. Right. And yet somehow she keeps managing to get richer. So that's why I was saying, like, at the point of this article, they're saying they don't have any hard evidence against Nancy Pelosi that they could indict her on for like, you know, insider trading and stuff like that. But that's where I say, you know, all it takes is one phone call. All it takes is one recorded meeting. All it takes is one video conference with her and a CEO actually talking about some of this stuff that, you know, that could be that could be, you know, the uh, that could be the hammer coming down for her. Um, it says here in the article that uh, Pelosi has close to 75 percent of her trading in stocks uh, that ha- um, over the last two years in big tech. Which is more than $33 million worth of trading. Um, And that has happened as major legislation is pending before the House, controlled by the committee Pelosi oversees, which could radically reshape the industry and laws that govern very companies, the very companies in which she and her husband aggressively trade. Now, her biggest one would be Apple. Apple and Pelosi go hand in hand like an Apple and Adam and Eve, right? Uh, It says to underscore the towering conflict of interest at the heart of Speaker Pelosi's self-enrichment, we'd have to think about um, how often Nancy Pelosi trades with Apple. Buying and selling in that one company accounted for 17.7% of Pelosi's overall trading volume. And during that same period of time, Pelosi held at least one private conversation with Apple CEO Tim Cook about the state of Apple and possible effects on the company from varying uh, various pending bills uh, and reform in Silicon Valley. So she's obviously has had some of these meetings I guess they don't keep minutes. We don't know exactly what they're talking about, but they don't consider this to be um, insider trading. They do say, oh, it looks it looks kind of weird. Um, it, it could be it, there's possibility it's a little it's a little unethical. Uh, but by no means is there anything to see here with Nancy sitting on committees and overseeing laws that have to do with the future of these companies. Uh, and this one little interesting, um, uh, interesting tidbit here it was saying, in the days after lawmakers introduced legislation that could break the dominance of tech companies, Apple's chief executive, Tim Cook, called Speaker Nancy Pelosi and other members of Congress to deliver a warning. When Mr. Cook asked for a delay in the Judiciary Committee's process of considering the bills, Ms. Pelosi pushed him to identify specific policy objections to uh, to the measures. So, that, you mean, right there, she's like, oh, well, you know, she's going to throw him a bone. She's going to give him something to figure out. She's going to help him out somehow, or he's going to make recommendations to her that perhaps, you know she could go ahead and rule on or influence. And then, you know, somehow her stocks might rise. You know, somehow the price might go up for her. It says sources who refused to be identified tried to convince the Times reporters that Miss Pelosi pushed back on Mr. Cook's concerns about the bills. But in doing so, they confirmed the rather crucial fact That Pelosi was having personal private conversations with the CEO of a company in which she and her husband were heavily invested and off to off of which they were making millions of dollars in personal wealth. And Pelosi, according to the report, asked Cook what changes were needed to avoid harming Apple and other Silicon Giants. So indeed, my friends, she has great, great stock with these people. And I mean, uh, personally, I would think that anyone who is involved in this type of business has no business making laws, rules, regulations, sitting on committees that have to do with the same companies that they own stock in. Like that alone should be a disqualifier. She should recuse herself, should be a disqualifier by far. Now, Apple's not the only one. She also has uh, she has uh, she has uh, five total most traded stocks over the last two years uh, from Silicon Valley. That being Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google, as well as Microsoft. So all of these big tech uh, big tech companies have come up into the news as of recently. All of them have been uh, had a light being shown down on them. All of them seem to be getting away with murder, and yet here again we have. Nancy Pelosi making money off of these companies now wouldn't it be interesting if she sells all her stocks in all these companies and then the next day they take away uh, they take away um, uh, the 230s from them the privileges of that like that would be interesting like I mean could it be any more obvious of course that's just you know a hypothetical uh, but that would be a very interesting thing to see I think um, So anyways, it says here uh, that there's some disturbing reports, the wealthy couple between uh, uh, Paul and Nancy, uh, the wealthy couple buys and sells in Google stock, they make millions, Uh, she works on bills that directly affect the future trajectory of Google, they lavish her campaign coffers with cash. So again, these guys are also, they're also donating to her campaign and her office. I mean, this is blatant. You know, this this article and the last article I shared with you about Mark Milley, blatant, blatant. Sure they are. Uh, I mean, I can't believe that there are even Democrats out there that would put up with this. Like, you know, people who are diehard Democrats. I can't believe they would put up with this kind of... Uh, this kind of, this kind of, uh, uh, insi- well, to me, it's insider trading. I mean, it's, uh, on the face. That's what it looks like to me. They just don't have the receipts to prove it, but she definitely has the bank account, uh, that I think would suggest well of it. Um, anyhow, so, uh, it says here, uh, Paul Pelosi in March exercised $1.95 million worth, um, Uh, of Microsoft call options less than two weeks before the tech stalwart secured a $22 billion contract to supply U.S. Army combat troops with augmented reality headsets. How did he know that that was coming and yet somehow he managed to get that in the bag before it went down? Um, (coughs) So anyhow guys, That was something I was going to share with you about. Uh, This was, again, this was from in case you missed it moment in President Trump's statements. President Trump was calling out exactly her wealth uh, and how uh, there may be some very unethical ties to her uh, um, financial gain in this industry. But uh, I wanted to share with you guys now. This was a website I was mentioning, Open Secrets, right here. It talks about uh, majority lawmakers in uh, the 116th Congress are millionaires. That's including Cocaine Mitch, y'all. Uh, we're not going to read it, but we're going to look at this right here. Uh, let me see if I can find a way to expand that for you. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, wealthiest members of Congress in the 116th Congress. Okay. So, uh, uh, from the House, we have uh, Rick Scott, a Republican from Florida. uh was at uh, $259 million. In net worth, Mark Warner, a Democrat of Virginia. Mitt Romney, Republican of Utah. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the Senate we're looking at, guys. We're looking at the Senate here. Rick Scott, Mark Warner, Mitt Romney, Mike Braun of Indiana. uh, John Hoven of North Dakota. Diane Feinstein of California. Ron Johnson. What? Ron Johnson of Wisconsin? You're a multimillionaire, my friend. Whoa, I thought you were a good guy. Uh, Jim Risch of Idaho, Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, Steve Danes of Montana, multi-millionaires. Look at that, guys. They make a lot of money. Now in the house, uh, we have Greg Gianfort of Montana. He's the wealthiest house member there at uh, $189 million net worth. Paul Mitchell, uh, who's the uh, uh, shampoo and conditioner. No, just kidding. Uh he's actually a Republican from Michigan. Uh Vernon Buchanan of Florida, Don Byer of Virginia, uh, let's see, uh D- Dean Phillips of Minnesota, Nancy Pelosi of California. I'm surprised she's not the wealthiest, but the sixth wealthiest. Uh Susan Belbane, uh Fred Upton of Michigan, Roger Williams of Texas, and Buddy Carter of Georgia. So there you go, guys. Just uh interesting to note. Um we have some pretty wealthy individuals who are running this country. Something tells me it was not meant to be that way. Something tells me it was not meant to have the ultra-uber-wealthy running our country and making decisions for us. But indeed, they've invested a lot of money in ensuring that we don't uh, we don't recognize the fact that we govern ourselves and that we are dependent on them. It is a crying shame, ladies. Ah! Oh, if it wasn't Rona, Rona McDaniel, Rona, Rona McDaniel, just a real quick story on her. We're kind of, we're kind of wrapping up people in the Trump sphere before we move on to some of the uh, election audit stuff and what have you. Uh, So Rona, Rona McDaniel. um, Okay. So finally, 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 she apologizes because you know, she got, she got hit pretty hard last week from Jenna Ellis and President Trump and the GOP, right? Uh, so it says, uh, fall. okay, of course, because uh, after the inauguration, we, we can't forget, you know, Ronna McDaniel was expressing regret um, for, uh, you know, uh, allowing people to go on about how this was uh, election was stolen, and she went on to regret, uh, you know, allowing Rudy Giuliani to do the things that he did. Well, it seems now that she is expressing regret for her decision to stand up for the millions of Americans who believed our election was stolen. She's uh, regretting that she raised over $220 million in legal fees and they did nothing with it. No one knows where it went after all. So anyways, uh, for months, the GOP woman, uh, chairwoman Republican Party have been silent on the 2020 election fraud and uh, their agenda, you know, doesn't match uh, what the voters wanted to happen. But she finally... Finally, finally acknowledged election fraud. Uh, I mean, not everyone's doing it. I don't know uh, how she thinks that this is going to help herself. Uh, knowing what we know about her and her family. Don't forget, she's uh, Mittens Romney's niece. Uh, but with that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, um, she's, she's finally saying, oh, there was fraud in Georgia. I'm sorry, in Maricopa County, because uh, I guess she was the only person in the GOP that was paying attention to the audit that was happening and the hearing that they had last Wednesday. Sorry, Rona Rana. It ain't gonna help you. <laughs> Keep sucking on that lower that lower lip right there, cuz you're goose done cook, girl. You're goose done cook. Okay. All right, let's talk a little bit about this woman. Much more pleasant face to have on the screen, wouldn't you all agree? Uh, That is uh, Senate President Karen Fan. All right, we're getting into some of this election recall stuff now. In a turn of events that some patriots uh, may not find too palatable, in fact, uh, in a turn of events that some people might give up hope, right? And they might go black pill on us because, oh no, Karen Fan said something that we don't want to hear. Where's our hope? Where's America, right? No, 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 guys. Keep that chin up. Keep those eyes on the prize. Don't let that fire burn out. But here's what Karen Fan had to say. Are you ready, guys? Karen Fan said, we, the state Senate, do not, I repeat, do not have the ability to recall the electors for the November 3rd, 2020 election. Now, calm down, everybody. (laughs) The fight's not over yet, y'all. Okay, the fight's not over. She's just, I mean, this is legal, guys. According to the laws of the state, I mean, yes, they found the fraud. Yes, they found discrepancies. Yes, they found an exorbitant amount of fake ballots and other things that just should not have been happening the way they did. But according to the laws in the, the Senate, cannot perform the recall. So it's okay. It's okay. It'll be okay. She's just making sure that the people who understand, the people who are watching this, understand. That yes, it was within their constitutional duty to perform a forensic audit, but the rules of their constitution do not allow them to be the ones to say, we're going to have the, uh, the elections recalled right now. So it's okay. It's kind of like she's dispelling myths so that this way people know moving forward where to look and what to look for. Not specifically just putting your hopes on the brave uh, senators and representatives who stood up for their constituents and thereby the people of this great country. Now, uh, Fan told OANN, um, which has been covering the audit in Maricopa County, that the upper chamber has the ability to provide auditors with the materials they need, including the use of subpoenas, but the certification of electors is a different matter. And in fact, uh, because they can say it better than I can, we're actually going to check out that brief interview uh, with Karen Fan and um, this chick here from OAN, Natalie Harp. Okay, <laughs> all right, so let's go ahead. And so this this way you guys can get the skinny on what they're talking about. All right, so I'll play this clip for you guys. Come on then. Oh there we go.
1: Obviously not correct.
0: Hey. Okay, here we go guys. We'll be we'll see you on the other side.
1: So why wouldn't they correct the record? Don't they have a constitutional obligation to get this right? Not just for the sake of twenty twenty two or twenty twenty four, but for the sake of twenty twenty. Because in this country We have the right to free and fair elections 100% of the time, no exceptions. And believe me, we are in no way questioning the 2020 election. We never have. We've known them from the very beginning, and they can be summed up in two words. Trump won, and that is the real story. Joining us now with more on Thursday's hearing, Arizona Senate President Karen Phan. First of all, Karen, thank you for holding these hearings yesterday so we could see the evidence. I know it's partial evidence so far. What are the next steps now that they've given you things that they still need? What are you all doing to make that happen?
2: That was a good question. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, It's been frustrating. You would think that a county that wants to make sure that their elections are safe and secure, they would be actually helping us instead of withholding information. Um, The auditors have done a tremendous job despite all the barriers and problems that they have had to encounter with with Maricopa County right now. Uh, We have gotten to a point where 2 and 2 is not adding up to 4, and that's all we're doing is asking for Maricopa County to sit down at the table with us and help explain these anomalies, help us understand why 2 and 2 is not adding to 4 right now. So there is options on the table. We'll be talking with our attorneys about this next week. Uh, the possibility of issuing new subpoenas, going back to courts. Uh, you know, the public would be hugely helpful in this To uh, They're elected officials. They are supposed to be representing their voters and constituents. Uh, so if maybe they hear from more of their voters that they why aren't you helping? Why don't you want to get the right answers? Um, maybe we can move this thing forward, but it's, it's definitely not adding up right now.
1: And who in Maricopa County specifically should voters contact to make sure that they, that they actually respond to you all.
2: The board of supervisors, the chairman is Jack Sellers, right? As chairman is Clint Hickman. Um, so anybody there at the board of supervisors, Stephen Richard is the recorder, the County recorder. Um, Any one of them could sure step up at any given time and say, let's sit down and walk through this and let's see if we can find some answers.
1: So how soon? So next week, you said you're going to start meeting with your lawyers about this. How soon do you think then the next step can get started? Because, of course, we all wanted to see the results by August. But because they're stonewalling this, could it take even longer? It possibly could, um, because the longer they wait, the harder it is to tie these numbers together. Here's
2: what the true disturbance is. So based on the information we have, there's a lot that we can ascertain so far, as was disclosed yesterday. Then at this point, they will take all of this information back to the labs, and they will start doing a lot of analysis on, on these sorts of things. So we will be able to get a lot of definitive answers, but... If we don't get this additional information, there's always going to be those questions out there about uh, the, the machines being hacked. We know that there was a breach in November. They admitted it. They sent letters to voters saying, we know that we were hacked. So why they wouldn't want to work with us is just beyond me right now. But the longer they stay out, the longer they delay from helping us, I think the worse it looks for them because it just looks like they're trying to hide something.
1: And I want to ask you about Wendy Rogers' statement, because based on this evidence so far, you're talking about at least over 100,000 votes or ballots that were not correct, were not following protocol. Are you talking with the senators about actually recalling those electors, not saying to give them to either Biden or Trump, but simply to recall them since that statement signed again under penalty of perjury wouldn't have been correct that the governor and secretary of state signed off on on November? So the Senate
2: body, we do not have that authority to do that. So this is what we have said, and I want to make this very clear on the record. Um, we as the Senate body, are we have the ability to subpoena information because we make laws. And we're entitled to have that information to determine how to write those laws. That's why we have been successful in court, and that's what we're doing. It's all about election integrity. It's not about the Trump-Biden race. It's not about the Kelly- uh, uh, Martha McSally race. Um, are we auditing those numbers? Yes, because that's part of the audit. But this is about election integrity. So what we need to do is find the facts to determine were the procedures followed correctly? Was there any um, irregularities? Was there any intentional fraud there? If in case that is, we have an obligation to change our rules, fix our rules, to make sure it doesn't happen again. And our obligation is, to, if we find fraud, to turn that over to our attorney general's office and to our congressional members. And they will be the ones that will handle not only uh, criminal uh, um, charges if necessary, but they will be able to determine what the next uh, path forward is as far as was this a fair election or not.
1: So you're saying there's no way for the Senate, because I think a lot of people's understanding with this audit was that we were looking at 2020 because if things went wrong, we at least needed to fix it. So you're saying there's nothing that the Senate is planning to do to make right in what happened in November to fix this on the record. Again, not saying award it to anyone, but not letting that record stand if you know it's incorrect.
2: We um, we as a Senate body do not have the constitutional authority to recall those.
1: Who would then? Assets. Would it be would it be the attorney general you're saying if there was a criminal or you're saying there's no way if, if there's cheating? There's just nothing we can do about it. Is that what you're saying? Unless I'm we write not, laws. I am not saying there is no way it can be done. What I'm saying is that our
2: Senate body does not have the authority to do it. However, we will turn that over to the attorney general, um, not only the state level, but on the federal level. And we will turn it over to Congress and they can make those decisions. And that is I'm saying if there were any uh, wrongdoings. It could be that we might just find a lot of irregularities in the sense that there were problems with the votes. But if, if, if those determinations show that there was enough difference in account of of the electoral, particularly since it was such a small margin here, as it was in some other states, then Congress is gonna have to take care of that. They are gonna have to make those decisions. This has never happened, to my knowledge, in the history of America. Um, so I don't think there is any precedent set for it at this point. So
1: and just so I understand, I'll, just real quick, because I know we're coming up against a hard break. So you're saying the attorney general would have to investigate, and then would he submit that, you're saying, to Congress, and then Congress would act on it? Because isn't So you're saying the Senate can't, even though they have the ability to recall those electors? We do not have the ability
2: to recall those electors at this
1: point. So Congress, you're saying would? They could if they saw your evidence?
2: There has never been presidents on this, so I'm not sure how they would handle it, but we would turn it over to them because okay. they, would have to, they would have to determine that
1: form of action. Okay, well, thank you for explaining it. Again, like I said, we want to fix it, obviously, for the future, but for people who knew how they voted in the last election, it's hard sweep this under the rug because we're all stuck with living this for the next four years and there have to be consequences. Elections have consequences. We haven't seen consequences yet for 2020. Thank you. Keep us posted, especially with the lawsuit next week. And we'll look forward to seeing you again soon.
0: Imagine that, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine that. Now here's where we're really going to test your faith, ladies and gentlemen. Here's where we're really going to test your faith. Uh, oh, these are the things that we don't like to hear our our leaders, right? Our supposed leaders. These are the things that we don't like to hear them say. Uh, this is this is the tone we don't like to hear them take when they start saying if if it might just boil down to there was a lot of irregularities. So then what? Um, that's when we guys, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Don't don't go pulling out that bottle of black pills over this interview, okay? Don't go screaming from the mountaintop, because at this point, if we turn over all of this evidence and everything from this uh, forensic audit to Congress, and that's 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 with that's with the uh, the hope that the uh, sleeping uh, sleeping AG of Arizona, Bronovich is actually going to open up an investigation into this. We have to rely on Congress to make a decision. We have to rely on Congress! Are you kidding me? Congress! Get out of town! No, that's like having that's like having that's like having the state audit their own election. Like, you need it to be independent. Like, what are you kidding me? Okay, guys. I'm gonna call on all of you guys to remain calm and to not go off the black hill, okay? <laughs> because We're not done here yet. This is not over yet. And again, these are the kinds of things that you don't want to hear. People who fought so hard for an audit to say you don't want to hear them say that. You don't want to hear them say we can't do nothing. You don't. I mean, but again, she's saying they worked within their constitutional parameters. But I mean, God, you know, I know how it could sound to some of you guys out there. I know how it could sound to some of y'all. I mean, even some of her comments seemed a little bit dismissive, but, but I'll start, I'll start throwing out some, uh, some of my eternal, eternally optimistic, uh, you know, thoughts on this. Like, so say, for example, it goes that way, say it goes to Congress by way of, uh, the sleeping AG of Arizona, right? Say it goes there and nothing happens. Nothing happens. Like they don't they don't have uh they don't have any electors recalled, you know, they don't they don't uh they don't find anyone for fraud, they don't find any criminality, no one gets arrested. Katie Hobbs goes on to schnob another day, that kind of thing. Like, do we give up? Do we give up? Do we stop? Do we stop doing what we're doing? Do we stop praying? Do we stop having faith? Do we stop calling our elected uh, elected officials? Do we stop talking to our friends and our family? Do we stop spreading the word on computers? Do we stop being digital warriors? Do we stop all of that? That's a good question, right? I would say for me, it's a no, okay? We keep moving forward. Now, what I'm saying with this, I mean, because we'll move forward until we can't move forward anymore for better or for worse, right? So there, I'm giving you that little bit of duality here, but for better or for worse. The better being, obviously, that something, as uh, Natalie Hart points out here, some kind of consequences come down for what happened in 2020, because all of us saw it, and they cannot deny the irregularities and the discrepancies that they have witnessed in their own audit. You know, they cannot deny it, okay? So we keep moving forward, right? Again, for until until we can no longer move forward for better or for worse. We're not going to talk about the worst case scenario. We're not going to go there, okay? We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the better, okay? But at the same time, here's like other things that just start springing into my head, okay? So say it does go to this, this realm of no accountability, nothing happens. But, but... Via this audit and via the audits that they're starting to perform in other states, and still, I still think that they should decertify in Georgia, maybe someone else besides Karen Fan in another one of these states will have a better idea of how exactly that they can move forward constitutionally speaking, despite the fact that there's no precedence on this kind of case ever happening in this history of our country right? Maybe someone else will be able to figure it out. Maybe someone else has insights that Karen fan doesn't have. Maybe someone else is tipped off legally speaking, constitutionally speaking about what can be done, right? Because apparently Karen fan doesn't know. Okay. So you have the audits going on in other places. You have all of that happening, right? Because I already know people are going to have a heyday with this. People are going to be like, it's over. I knew it was going to be this way. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. People are going to say that. They're gonna be, I knew nothing was going to change. That's what people are going to say. Oh, I knew nothing was going to change at all. That's what they're going to say. That's what they're going to say. Okay. It's not over yet. Okay. So as I'm saying, as I'm saying, okay. All of this process, everything from President Trump taking a step back and allowing things to move forward the way they did to the audits that are happening that, yes, it was allowed for this theft and this fraud to occur. But if you look at these two parallels, or if you look at this, these analogies, however you want to call them, Trump, as I said earlier, Trump stepping back allowed us to shine the light on much deeper parts of the swamp that we would not have seen otherwise. Allowing this election theft to occur, this coup, this fraud, allowed us as citizens to activate and to really dig in burrow into all of the different ways that they committed this crime. So, it gets gridlocked in D.C. It gets uh, memory hold in D.C. What you gonna do? What you gonna do, Right maybe then we have to say we've got 2022, you know, maybe then because not only do they know exactly every way that these people committed this crime, crime of the century, the crime of any century, I would say, and we're able to see it. And they got these brand new ballots coming out that cannot be counterfeited. I mean, is that the way it has to go? But what that would require and what that would entail of all of us listening today and out there and anywhere is that we would not be able to give up hope or faith in our country and in our own people, in our patriots. Certainly not, otherwise everything that President Trump and his administration did for us would be in vain, okay? And if there's one thing I don't like is doing something in vain. If I'm going to put all my work, blood, sweat, and tears into it, if I'm going to put everything about myself on the line for it, don't let it be in vain. Don't let it be in vain. Okay. So those were not the most peachy words that we could have heard from Senate President Karen Fan in regard to the forensic audit. But we will have to see what's going to happen. Again, I would say we have to keep faith and keep hope and stay positive, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot surrender by any means to any of that negativity in that regard. So now, as Karen Fenn was saying here in this interview, it's going to fall back on this man. (laughs) The sleeping AG of Arizona, Mark Baranovich. Okay, so Mark Baranovich. Okay, so... Uh, there's a little bit of news about him, interesting enough, right? Okay, because actually, there are already senators in the state of Arizona that are saying, uh, A.G. Branovich, uh, you might want to pick up the ball now, A.G. Branovich, you might want to get on it. Now, uh, A.G. Branovich Branovich, uh, was actually just courted by uh, the Secretary of Snakes, Katie Hobbs' office, because she wants him to investigate whether or not President Trump and Dr. Kelly Ward and others uh, collo- uh, uh, interfered with the elections in Arizona because, you know, President Trump was making phone calls. They were telling people to stop counting and stuff like that. So, and she has the receipts and stuff like that. So that's what she wants him to do. However, however, the office of AG uh, Bronovich has already made some contacts with, the secretary of snakes office Katie Hobbs and what they're doing is they are wanting information from her regarding voter fraud. Uh, in a letter to secretary of snakes Katie Hobbs it says the attorney general has not received any information from your office regarding potential double voting in the 2018 or 2020 election um, notably, this is the first time in over a decade that the AGO has received no referrals from the Secretary of Snakes regarding double voting. Additionally, please provide any and all records your office possesses related to potential violations of Arizona's election laws. So it's kind of interesting that they have this back and forth going on right now. Um, and again, it's it's almost as if though Katie Hobbs are trying to get in front of this possible beast waking up and doing something about it, because he's been mum on it up until the point that the DOJ got involved with A.G. Garland. Like, he didn't have nothing to say about that until Garland came snooping around, right? Um, but it seems to be that that is another tactic that dem- the Democrats and the liberal progressives use in that regard. Um, let's see, uh, again, uh, Hobbs' office is waiting for him to get into contact about these election interference things that she was crying about over there, but... Again, we'll have to see what happens. So far, he is charged four individual cases of election fraud over there in the state of Arizona. But most of them, none of them pertaining to the massive amounts of discrepancies that were found out during the forensic audit thus far in the state of Arizona. But ladies and gentlemen, like I said, it's not over. It is not over by a long shot. I mean, who knows? Maybe Pennsylvania will be the keystone State It's meant to be. Maybe it won't be until we get to Pennsylvania that someone figures out exactly how to follow to uh, follow through on this process. Constitutionally speaking, don't leave it up to the Supreme Court. Don't leave it up to Congress because these guys, we already know what side they're on. But we will keep an eye on that for sure, ladies and gentlemen, because it looks like the plot has thickened. We just turned that stake over. It's still a little rare, but uh, it's going to come out nice and juicy. I promise, guys. So we'll see what happens. All right. Next up, we... Oh, who this man right here? This man looks like a man possessed. Look at him. Hey. (laughs) He looks like a man possessed. All right. Yes, Connie Ketchup. God wins in the end. Thank you for staying, uh, keeping your faith out there. I'm sure all of you guys are, but... I just caught that tail end right down there. Um, in the end, God wins. God always wins. Okay, so, all right, let's talk about this demoniac over here. This man's name is Rob Pitts, and he's going to take us on a tour of Georgia. Just kidding. He's not taking us on a tour, but we are now headed over to the state of Georgia after uh, a long mention there about uh, Arizona and Karen Fan kind of breaking our hearts. It's okay. It's okay, Karen. It's okay. You can break my heart all you want. I will not lose my faith in this country or in our fellow patriots and humans out there. Now, okay, so what's going on with this possessed man, Rob Pitts, over there in the state of Georgia? Well, to be sure, um, he is uh, Rob Pitts is the Fulton County Board of Commissioners chairman over there out in the peach state of Georgia. Now, this man has made several statements, most of them pretty mean in regards to uh, the fact that there was no such thing as election fraud in the state of Georgia, and especially in the county of Fulton in the state of Georgia. Uh, he lashed out at President Trump, you know? He's, uh, he's just, he's been one of those election fraud naysayers. It didn't happen, says this man here, um, Rob Pitts, okay? But, of course, just like, you know, a lot of them start singing a different tune... Once, uh, once some serious amounts of fraud come up, once some receipts are returned, you know, then they kind of start to sing a different song. Um, after months, uh, months long court battles in uh Fulton County over uh the fraud, uh, fraud of the audit. I mean, sorry, the fraud of the ballots there and the elections. Um, he's finally decided. That uh, and this this might have something to do with that uh, press conference that Garland Favorito had, you know, a few uh, a few days ago back in Georgia last week. You remember that one? The one that was pretty damning, the one that made uh, Tucker Carlson finally say something on the air about election fraud. That one. Well, because of that, Rob Pitts, this uh, man possessed here, is finally changing his tune about uh, the election audits. And he's saying that, in fact, they should probably have an audit in Fulton County. In fact, this man's not only saying that they should have an audit in Fulton County, he's saying they should audit all the counties in the state of Georgia. All right, so here's his letter. Now, he writes a letter to House Speaker David Ralston over there in Georgia, don't you know? Okay, let's, let's go ahead and expand this for you guys. Okay. So uh, this is, this is his letter. Again, this is uh, from Rob Pitts, the uh, commissioner of the uh, board of Fulton County, uh, the chairman, I apologize, of commissioners. It says, I am in receipt of a copy of the letter you wrote yesterday to Mr. Richard Barron, Fulton County's election director. In your letter, you recommend to Mr. Barron that he requested that he request the Georgia Bureau of Investigations conduct its own independent forensic investigation into the November 2020 presidential election in Fulton County. As you know, since the election, I have been asking for proof of any allegations of intentional wrongdoing to be brought to my attention. And to this day, no one has come forward with any evidence of malfeasance whatsoever. Our election process was monitored by the Secretary of State's office and observers from both political parties. Just last month, Carter Jones, an independent monitor who had been critical of some aspects of our elections process, said there was nothing that should should challenge the uh, certification of this election. While Fulton County is the largest county and therefore under the most scrutiny, it is also my understanding that other counties had issues in their elections and finding ballots not included in the initial tabulation. If you are requesting that Fulton County be the subject of such an investigation, then I believe it would only be fair that all counties with issues be subject to investigation. With the 2021 municipal elections quickly approaching, it is my hope that we can at long last put the past election behind us and focus on the one ahead. Very interesting, Mr. Pitts. I don't know. It seems to me that, like, maybe Mr. Pitts might be wanting to save himself just like Brad Raffensberger over there in the state of Georgia. Now, don't you know? Uh, but, okay, so, again, uh, you know, it, it falls back on this. Our Secretary of State monitored it. Uh, we had this guy named Carter Jones who, you know, he pointed out all of this chain of custody issues, among other things, double stuffing, machines, etc., uh, but there was nothing that should challenge the certification. It says. like how can they stick to these narratives, to these narratives when they know full well what they see in front of them? So now, again, he's changing his tune because of the things that he found. and he's saying he is saying that he believes that the uh, Georgia Bureau of Investigations should be the ones to look into this. But we have to remember what Garland Favrito said last week, at the tail end of his press conference, when he was revealing the evidence and receipts of the vote fraud criminality that took place in Fulton County. Um, he said it himself, you know, you don't want to turn this case over to law enforcement. You don't want to turn this case over to the legislators. And I mean, you know, like Karen Fan, she's gonna turn it over to the legislators. And he said, you don't wanna turn this over to the Georgia Board Bureau of Investigations because things can get lost that way. Where it needs to go is in front of a grand jury. That's according to Garland Favorito. Now, is there any way that we could do that with what happened in Fulton County? I mean, in Maricopa County? Can we send all of that evidence to a grand jury and let them decide about whether or not we pull their electors? Hmm. I'm not too well-versed in the matters of uh, litigation legalese, constitutionally speaking, or otherwise, but there has got to be a way because there's no way the Supreme Court could hear that case. There's just no way. I mean, after all, the Supreme Court dismissed it all outright, so how on earth could they be expected to judge on something like that? Let alone everyone in Congress and the Senate that's been quiet on this entire matter, if they've all been quiet on it, how can they be expected to even rule on it, realistically speaking? So Garland Favorito says, in Georgia at least, we should have a grand jury—people uh, who are totally, totally removed from any of the politics, who have no, who have nothing more on the line than their freedom, you know, and their right to vote. Maybe they should be the ones that should be seeing this stuff. But anyways, in regards to uh, GBI, the uh, um, Georgia Bureau of Investigations. Um, they may not be the best to investigate it. They may not have the resources to perform such a forensic audit. Uh, what are they going to do? Put an audit on like New Hampshire did in, Mar- in, uh, in uh, Wyndham? I mean, that was a laughing stock joke matter. I mean, that was a really bad insight joke, Wyndham, New Hampshire was. Like, everyone could tell that this was nothing like an audit should have done. Um, and uh, I, I, they didn't even try to compare it to Maricopa County. There was no way they could have. Uh, So, again, just like in Wisconsin, when they're going to do this audit, they hire three, uh, like, what, three retired investigators, police investigators to do this audit. I mean, that's a joke, right? Also, another reason why the Georgia Bureau of Investigations may not be the best to do this is because um, uh, people are very concerned about uh, the GBI getting involved because uh, if you use state law enforcement, again, Uh, that will provide a vehicle to stop all other investigations and possibly cover up the crime altogether. And then also, as reported earlier, the GBI has been using Happy Faces. Do you guys remember who Happy Faces is? The uh, Georgia Bureau of Investigation has been using Happy Faces employees. Again, this is the firm that is owned by Stacy Lunch Buffet Abrams, right? And and they they I mean she she uses Happy Faces again that's her temp firm she's been using them in every agency in the state of Georgia it's like they almost hire exclusively Happy Faces temps and Happy Faces uh, people looking for work so how on earth could we expect to have an organization that's related to Stacey Abrams who is part of this entire debacle in the state of Georgia through the GBI even commit some sort of fraud it I mean audit I mean forensic audit of America Fulton of County or otherwise so is this like a I don't know just like a a, a slight of hand move here because we have we have a um, this speaker Ralston he's calling for GBI to do an investigation uh, this man here the chairman of the commissioner account board of commissioners Rob Pitts is calling for the GBI to do an investigation, and. This man, Pitts, has already said that there's no such thing as voter fraud in Fulton County. It was the most secure, the most secure ever to be released. Right. So it doesn't it does not add up to me by the looks of it. And I don't think it's something that would be worth them exploring. Now, this is a um, a press release from Garden Garland Favorito. Again, he's the man of the hour over there in Fulton County. And uh, what he was looking at uh, when when we're talking about other counties uh, going through an audit such as Fulton, even though Fulton was not a full forensic, full on forensic audit. Right. It says voter Georgia announced today it has evidence election result discrepancies in other Georgia counties may be worse than those it presented for Fulton County at Voter GA press conference. The revelation came as Voter GA formalized its call for a truly independent forensic audit of all county results of the November 3rd, 2020 and January 5th, 2021 elections. Voter GA first announced support for a statewide audit at a July 5th um, Woodstock Festival and uh, Parade. On Tuesday, Voter GA explained how a review of newly released public documents led them to amend the Fulton County Fulton complaint to add accounts for these audit discrepancies: a 60% error rate in the 1,500-plus batch totals for the reported audit results, seven falsified tally sheets containing 850 votes for Biden but zero for Donald Trump or Joe Jorgensen, um, over 4,000 ballots that were duplicated in reporting of the audit results. Three days of missing Dropbox chain of custody forms for over 5,000 ballots, missing tally sheets for over 50,000 ballots that were not uploaded until months after the audit results were initially published. According to Voter GA, a full statewide audit of November 2020 and January 2021 election results should validate voter eligibility. It must also include forensic authenticity, security assessments, and accuracy verification involving physical ballots, scanner tabulators, election server images. Voter GA further insisted that any uh, such Georgia audit must be conducted by a truly independent team that has no relation with any Georgia officials who conducted the elections. Voter GA flatly rejected the suggestion by House Speaker Dave Ralston to engage the Georgia Bureau Investigations, stating that GBI has little or no experience in forensic election audits and investigations, was already engaged with the Secretary of State in voter investigations, and produces dubious findings and investigations involving government officials. Another complaint involving the November and January elections, Darty versus Raspenberger is expected to have its first hearing today, and indeed it does. So interesting enough, ladies and gentlemen, apparently Garland Favorito sees it the same way I see it. And uh, we cannot have the Georgia Bureau of Investigations getting involved with a forensic audit in the state of Fulton County. Now, in regards to another lawsuit that um, Garland Favorito mentioned here in this press release, well, that was one that went down today. Now, here's the press release for today's hearing. It was a Georgia election lawsuit hearing and press conference. GOP gubernatorial candidate Vernon Jones in attendance. Okay, so this happened today there in Georgia. Now then, don't you know? It was a court hearing that took place in Henry County Superior Court on Monday, July 19th at 1.30 p.m. Uh, the lawsuit brought by Atlanta resident Mike Doherty, uh, Doherty uh, contests the certifications of John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock as the winners of the election for Georgia's United States Senate seats and seeks a new election conducted on paper ballots under Georgia Code 21-2-334. Um, the defendants that are listed include Brad Raffensperger, John Ossoff, Raphael Warnock, Fulton, DeKalb, and Coffee County Election Boards, as well as the Georgia State Election Board. The lawsuit alleges the results of this election do not accurately reflect the intent of eligible voters in Georgia and therefore should be overturned. The lawsuit points to significant misconduct, legal irregularities committed by election officials, procedural violations, and security breaches surrounding electronic voting equipment, among other things. A joint press conference will immediately follow the hearing outside the courtroom. In attendance uh, will be Vernon Jones, an election integrity advocate, as well as Mr. Mike Daugherty, um, and others involved in the case. Let me go ahead and forward that along here. That was a link for the fight back thing here. That was, again, the press release. Let me see what else I got for you guys before I keep moving forward. Uh, Because we're not done with this yet. Okay. So, yes. So this was going on today again. So what this was over was uh, the defendant, Mike uh, Doherty, Doherty, Doherty. He was uh, he was contesting that Senator Warnock and Ossoff should not be in that place and basically uh, recalled or removed. um, So this way they could hold another election on ballot because of everything that happened. There in the Fulton County, or oh, actually he listed what DeKalb, Fulton and Cobb, uh, other uh, two or three other counties there, where they're seeing that this was an issue. So uh, this happened today, I think I have some video where it's at. Okay, no, this is the actual petition here that we're looking at. I'll just show it to you guys real quick. Uh, let's see, this case contests the certified results of elections. Uh, For the United States Senate that began November 3rd and continued until January 5th, the contestant Mike Doherty alleges and will seek to provide the results of these elections do not accurately reflect the intent of eligible Georgia voters. He alleges and will prove that there is sufficient evidence of the types of misconduct articulated. That would be sufficient to place in doubt the result, and that, as a result, it is not possible to determine who actually won these elections. So that's the lawsuit right there that we're looking at. Let me move forward a little bit more. There we go. Okay, so this was the scene, ladies and gentlemen, uh, of today's uh, today's press conference. So we're going to take a look at that. We got Vernon Jones speaking on this matter. Um, and then uh, we'll move along into one other Georgia story for you guys before we seal the deal tonight. All right,
3: good afternoon. Can you identify who you're with just quickly for my purposes? Okay. Okay. Okay, I just want to kind of know who y'all are. Okay. We're here today because Georgians, including myself, have been saying all along that there are election integrity issues in the 2020 election. Too much information has come out supporting that claim. There are still too many unanswered questions. The lawsuit today gets to the heart of election integrity. Brian Kemp and Brad Rassenberger had over 258 days to call for forensic audit. Today, I wanna get to the heart of the problem with our election and the solution. We need an independent forensic audit of the people, by the people and for the people. This audit, this forensic audit that I'm calling on the governor to call is not to direct it to the GBI. The GBI is not equipped or do they have the experience or do they have the expertise in conducting an election forensic audit And this audit should be paid for by the taxpayers. Why? Because we want to make sure there's no question or any motives, political motives, on who may be paying for the audit. There are too many stories that are coming out now, and it's dripping day in and day out. Even the Secretary of State himself now is calling on the Fulton County officials, election officials, to be replaced. This same Secretary of State said earlier that we had a perfect election. Our governor said there was nothing wrong with our election. But behold, and from day one I've been saying there is a dead cat on that line of this issue with election integrity. Now the Speaker of the House himself, David Roston, over the weekend has come out and said we need... forensic audit I agree with him and I'm glad that he supported me finally but what I do not agree with and I want to emphasize this this audit should not be conducted by the GBI this audit need to be conducted by an organization like cyber ninjas who have the experience the technical background, and the expertise to do a thorough job. The governor is getting more and more pressure on him. And I've already got the word that he wants to now come out and ask for an audit. But don't let him trick you. He's been fake fighting the whole time. He never fought for election integrity. He never fought for the Republican leadership here in Georgia. He never fought for Georgia. He is not fighting this time this is going to be a fake fight if he does not order 159 county for forensic audit by outside independent organization then Brian Kemp again is a part of this cover up <laughs> and let me be clear about it there is a cover up on what happened in 2020 and the 2021 elections Donald Trump although he may be right Although he is right. But more importantly, Georgians, those who live in Georgia, those who voted in Georgia, and even those who were discouraged from voting, they knew all along that there was an issue here. And all people have been asking for is an election integrity and a clean and fair election. And that is not what has happened. So my comments today are tailored strictly towards calling for a forensic audit. Again, this is the second... No, I've said it so many times now, I'm saying it in my sleep. Georgia needs a full and thorough forensic audit by outside organization, independent organization. And if the governor does it any other way, he is a part of the problem. I'm glad to see Rob Pitts, who is a Fulton County Chairman Democrat. Asked for for instance, audit. It has become a bipartisan issue. Nobody can disagree with that. And all of those in the liberal media, including Atlanta, Journal and the Constitution, who's been part of the cover-up, who did not want us to get to the bottom of it, I want to thank the people, because it's been the people who've been involved and raising their voices and their concerns. And that's why you see more and more information coming out about the fraud that took place in Georgia's elections. And so you're going to hear later from another speaker deal with the case today, but I'm going to take questions strictly on the forensic audit, why we need an audit, who needs to do the audit, and who's been covering it up. So if anyone has a question along those lines, I'll take those questions. Other than that, I'll hand it to the next speaker because they'll be speaking on a whole different issue, although somewhat related. But today, it's about a forensic audit. It's time. Does anyone have a question? So I hope I'm clear then. And I'll repeat it one more time because I'm saying it so much anyhow. I am calling on Governor Brian Kemp to finally do the right thing. Call for 159 counties for audit, not by the GBI, because they're not equipped Or have the experience to do it. But do it by an independent organization similar to Cyber Ninja and others who can come in and do it fair and let it be paid for by taxpayer dollars. Any other way, it will have political stitch to it. Let's keep it clear, let's keep it transparent. And let people understand. Let them know what really happened. And I'm calling on the media, too. I'm calling you all that are here today. Six months ago, everybody was saying there was nothing. It was a perfect election. If the very man who said there was a perfect election is now calling for the heads of those of Fulton County, how could it have been a perfect election? What it was, until the citizens of Georgia got involved, it was a perfect cover-up but no more. The roaches now are running for the cracks now that the light has been turned on them. There has been too many election irregularities. This is not Venezuela. This is not Cuba. This is not Afghanistan or Iraq. This is the United States of America. And our Constitution provides for free and fair and transparent elections. And Governor Kemp, we are ashamed of you that you have used this for political purposes. You're the reason that Dominion is here right now, and you're the reason, and you're the one who's been blocking this forensic audit. And I want to look right in the camera in his eyes. What are you covering up, Governor? And who are you covering up with? What is going on? We're going to get to the bottom of this. Nobody has any questions. I'm going to move on, and I'll let the next speaker, sir. I'll say this: I think everybody knows, and I want the media to look at this too. There were two things that were used in our elections in 20 and 2020 and 2021. Now, look, this is this is simple, easy for you to find. One, signature E-net verifications for absentee ballots. Where did that come from? The Stacey Abrams backdoor deal. That that settlement was from the executive branch. Where did the drop-off boxes come from? The governor gave to the state election board the ability to come up with drop-off boxes. So where did that idea come from, Stacy Abrams? But none of that was written into the law in 2020. Look at your election laws. Only the election, the legislature can change election laws. How did we end up having a, a an election with drop-off boxes? And how did we have an election with that with that bell ring? How can I say what I want to say? <laughs> Let me wait, cause I'm I'm about to I'm about to hit my point. Let freedom ring, y'all. Let freedom ring. That's what it's about. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring. And I'm serious. This is a message to the reporters. The Constitution makes it clear that only the legislature can change election law. How do we have an election with drop-off boxes and E-net verification for absentee ballots? How do we do that without it written in the law? The settlement agreement was done March the 15th. The legislature was still in place. We were in suspension because of, of COVID. We came back in June. The government, nobody brought that to us to ratify that agreement, to put it into law. But ironically, it made it into our elections. Now, if that doesn't prove it, I got one more point. Why is it in 2021 that the legislature go back and write drop-off boxes into the law. Did you all ever ask yourselves that question? How is it? It wasn't in the law in 2020, but it was used. And then they went back and put it in in 2021. Who were they covering up for? They were covering up for Brian Kemp. Why? Because he allowed it to be in our election in 2020 And he knew it wasn't going to pass the legislature. That's why they didn't bring it to us to ratify. He brought dominion to us. We ratified dominion. Why didn't he bring the changes to our elections law to the legislature? There is a cover-up. There is a big cover-up here. And by the way, every ballot that was collected through those drop-off boxes were invalid ballots. And when you remove those from the overall election and even the media and the democrats say that those boxes favorite who they favorite democrats when you remove those ballots president trump would have won by hundreds of thousands of votes folks that is a fact now i'm calling on the media just go and check the facts do your research it's there that's what changed this election and you know who's behind this Stacy Abrams. All because Brian Kemp didn't want to run against Stacy Abrams. He changed the law to try to satisfy her. He changed it through Stacy's law and it backfired. So with that being said, I think I've said enough. I'm going to turn over to O.
0: All right. And the video feed fails when he is done talking. So that was from today's press conference, in case you guys did not get to see it. Um, and there you go. They're talking about um, uh, Well, I mean, Vernon Jones is letting him know. Now, pushing again hard that this should not go to the GBI, the uh, Georgia Bureau of Investigations. And again, uh, this was all on the heels of this uh, lawsuit that was filed in the name of Mike Doherty, spelled with an A. (laughs) Uh, So, yes, uh, that was what was going on there. Now, now, interesting enough, you had this going on, right? let's see, we're going to tab over to this picture here. What is that? That is the Georgia State Senate uh, House, if I'm not mistaken. Now, uh, in this story today, in regards to uh, Georgia State Senate, we have have this press conference going on where a defendant is filing um, a lawsuit against, you know, Fulton, Cobb, etc counties there in Georgia. He's saying that Senators Warnock and Ossoff should not be there. We need to hold another election. Same day that happens, here come the Washington Democrats to whitewash over all of that. Now, if you're wondering why no one was at this rally or this press conference, it's probably because the Senate Democrats from Washington, D.C. were holding their own hearing they're in Atlanta today as well. Now, what were the Washington Democrats doing in Atlanta today in regards to elections? Well, of course, ladies and gentlemen, they were holding hearings on uh, Georgia's election integrity law versus H.R. 1. So here you go again Democrats attempting to whitewash over, no pun intended, tending to whitewash over. Other uh, forms of litigation and uh, uh, public works with their own in order to stymie the voice and the cognizance of these things going on. Kind of just like how, you know, uh, uh, Katie Hobbs over there sends a message over to A.G. Bronovich to investigate Trump and Rudy Giuliani and Kelly Ward and Karen Fan uh, when he should be calling for investigations into Katie Hobbs and also... Into the results of the Maricopa County full, uh, forensic audit. Uh, but what you had here was considered a rare field hearing um, in Atlanta to gain the attention to the voting and elections overhaul. So again, Uh, The DOJ with A.G. Garland is trying to get his fingers into fighting over, uh, well, suing Georgia, right? Even though uh, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of election integrity in the state of Arizona, it's probably going to make it very hard for Garland to get any traction there in Georgia. But since that failed, apparently, now you have the Democrats running down to Georgia to talk a little bit about this. It says Monday's hearing was held In a conference room at the National Center for Civil and Human Rights in downtown Atlanta, which senators called a powerful reminder of the long struggle of voting rights in the United States. And again, these Democrats are saying that uh, it's suppression, suppression laws, and it's Jim Crow. and, And these are, I mean, voting rights are human rights, but at the same time, that's not what we're talking about here. I mean, it's, it's, it is a huge stretch, and I'm honestly quite surprised that they think that they can still get away with this narrative. Like, if they keep on repeating it, they're going to make it true, even though it's not, and we know it's not. Taking their case for a federal vote, uh, for a federal voting bill to Georgia, Senate Democrats argued at a field hearing on Monday that their sweeping election measures is desperately needed to counter the impact of the new GOP state laws that tighten voting rules. Of course, what we know is it makes it easier to vote and harder to cheat, but they flip that around and inverse it like a good Satanist would, right? Uh, So it says, without a clear path forward, Democrats are seeking to keep the spotlight on voting issues as they search for other ways to pass less voting proposals. On Sunday, uh, committee chair uh, Amy Klobuchar And Democrats were considering adding financial incentives for states to adopt new voting procedures into a multi trillion dollar bill bolstering environmental and social programs. The federal bill, known as the For the People Act, would create minimum voting standards. Minimum voting standards in the United States, such as same-day and automatic voter registration, early voting, and no excuse absentee voting. The bill would also change various campaign finances and ethics laws. Once again, basically making the uh, the theft that occurred over in uh, the great state of a Amer- great country of America, the theft that occurred for us on election 2020, November three. Uh, basically, just legalizing all of those measures. So uh, that is what the Georgian, the that's what they're trying. I mean, the de- Democrats go down there. They the, on the same day that they're having this uh, press conference and release uh, about um, you know the viability of. Uh, a Warnock and Ossoff being in Georgia. And also again, as Vernon Jones is calling for full forensic audits. Now, you know, he said, it was interesting how he mentioned that you had what, um, you had, a, a, a Rob, Rob Pitt, a Democrat calling for a full forensic audit yet. He wants his people, the GBI to be doing it. So I don't know about that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it sounds kind of fishy to me, Of course, uh, that is the way it goes with these individuals, so we will see what happens in the not-so-distant future. But once again, ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you to keep the faith, don't give up, and keep on fighting, especially for what you know is right, and since you know what is right, is uh, ensuring that uh, we don't give up on what is going on. We don't give up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of The C Report. I hope you guys had a good time. I know I did. I hope this information was timely enough, if not informative, if not somewhat entertaining. Uh, be sure to uh, join us again tomorrow. We should be in at the same place at the same time, 7.30 p.m. Central, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, bringing you uh, some news from the day's headlines and beyond. Until then, oh yes, and uh, Connie Ketchup, Connie McKenzie, pleased to meet you. I apologize for getting you too confused in the chat. And as always, thank you for the gold pill donations. I caught drailing and Don S derailing, sorry. Um, and then my, uh, my thingamajigger froze over, so I couldn't quite see the other couple of gold pill donations. But as always, I appreciate you. Um, any uh, any donations that you send this way uh, help out very much so. So it's always appreciated. Let me go ahead and um, uh, release the scratch-offs for tonight. Those have been released. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'll see them coming in here any minute now, I'm sure. I actually, oh, there we go. There we go. Come on, then. Oh, looks like we had uh, Christine C, Love Warned, uh, AP9889, also joining us today. Howdy, howdy, Philly Q. Let me go ahead and read up the list here real quick. Skeeter Burke, uh, Connie Ketchup, Connie Christine C, oh, wait, Joyful Joy, hey, what's up, Gert? Joyful June, sorry, Joyful June. Uh, Let's see, Victoria, Uh uh-huh. Lots of friends in the chat tonight. Thanks for joining us again. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Now I'm going to get my scratch off going, and then I'm going to go ahead and sign off for the night. Most welcome, y'all. Most welcome, y'all. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. uh, We will see you again tomorrow. Till then, uh, Godspeed, have a good night, and God bless America.